coming up on The Medicine Podcast. Awareness, repetition, and then embodiment. And what embodiment means is think about how would you feel with this new way of thinking? Because if you can get a really powerful emotion behind a new way of thinking, you're going to create that new neuron much quicker if you match it with a powerful emotion. So think about how would I feel if success became so easy to me? If my dreams became so easy, how would that feel? Who would I be? Start to embody that feeling, embody that emotion. And if you can do it with more power, if you can sit with that emotion for a long period of time, which is why I like to do that in meditation, you're going to create that new neural pathway in your brain much faster and much stronger. Welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I have my glorious human partner with me. <laughs> human partner. As opposed uh, to my alien partner. I share partner. partnership with non-human partners as well. <laughs> so stoked. A, you're a glorious human. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. So stoked to be here. We got Leanna Palmer in the house, the gym goddess, <laughs> our dear friend. This is a long overdue conversation. Yeah. Um, there are few who know us as well who have spent weeks, literally most hours of the day with us trekking across Egypt. Uh, so this is going to be fun, uh, a really beautiful conversation and uh, something that I think many people are in need of hearing, uh, which is, hey, this is a weird world we live in. How do we sift through some of the bullshit? Spirituality and, and magic and alchemy and these things that are that are that have become buzzwords and they've become like marketing angles, but how do we dive in and break it apart and find real value in a lot of these things? So um, we're just stoked to have you here. Thank you. I'm so stoked to be here. I can't wait. Our, our conversations, like when we're just hanging out, are so exciting and fun so i can't wait to see what yeah. comes out today yeah, yeah i know i wish sometimes like we're sitting there with you and mark and i wish we could just like push record <laughs> you know just sitting at dinner um but yeah we're, we're super stoked to have you here and let's see should we do the tarot draw before we start asking questions i think so let's do it yeah do it. okay so liana has uh an amazing you've been studying tarot for how long uh, it's been over 15 years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Going on 16, I think. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. So we, we thought this would be perfect for, for Leanna to bring uh, a special tarot deck, whatever she was called to for this conversation. And we wanted to do something different um, because of this uh, area of expertise, if you want to call it that, in your in your um, daily practice and what you use in your own life. Um, so we wanted to bring that to our listeners and viewers. And so we thought maybe we could start with an intention uh, that could benefit the listener somehow. So a collective intention. I was thinking something like, um, you know, with the craziness of the world right now, things feel sort of unstable, sort of uneasy sometimes, or very uneasy sometimes. And uh, I was thinking that we could maybe ask Spirit for a message that, that could benefit the collective in some way, give us a, a reminder um, that we need to hear right now, but open to what, what you think as well. Perfect. That, I think that that would be amazing. So we'll go exactly with that. Um, I do a little prayer before doing tarot every time, basically. So just before pulling a card, I'm just going to do a little prayer. Um, so dear guides and angels of hundred percent pure white light, please come through at this time to help us give beautiful and accurate answers for the entire collective. Thank you. Amen. So just quick little yeah, I love that. to cleanse the cards. 
Ooh, ooh. <laughs> okay, we have one follow-up card already. I'm probably just going to pull one more on that. So if one jumps out, that means it's supposed to come out? Yeah. I like waiting for fallout cards. Some okay. readers like to actually like choose the cards, but I find it so powerful if ones actually jump out because it mm. just feels almost like the universe was like, let's like yeah. push yeah. that energy yeah. out there. So the two cards that came out is Justice and the Three of Cups. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know what's wild? Tell me. We did a draw with our good friend Adrian last week. Mm -hmm. Three of Cups came up. Wow. Yeah. It's the energy of the podcast studio. It's Seriously. like, hey, we're, we're three friends cheersing our cups. You know what? That's a perfect Like uniting reflection. in love. Yeah. You know, like yeah. we're here celebrating together. That's so wild. Yeah. I love it. Oh, totally. And justice. Justice comes out when it wants to talk about truth. It can also talk about the government or things that are going on in the world or laws and order. It also talks about balance. So for a kind of more collective idea, I would apply this to how do you want to balance your life? I'm also getting a message since it is next to the Three of Cups about balancing your seriousness and focusing on, you know, news and all the serious stuff in the world, but balancing that with, let's look at the fun that's also happening in the yeah. world right now. Let's look at the good things. Also, how can we create more good things? Cause whatever we focus on the most is mm -hmm. what we end up consciously creating. Mm -hmm. um, just like our train of thought. If our train of thought is constantly going towards news, the bad things that are happening, you know, the news tends to kind of accentuate more of the bad stuff. And if we're constantly focused on the negative or even just the negative stuff that's personally going on through our own mind, um, our train of thought is going to continue to expand upon that. And we're going to continue to go and create that reality rather than maybe creating a reality that could benefit us. And if the collective, if we, even as individuals, begin to more focus our train of thought towards things that are celebratory, things that are fun, things that are amazing. We're going to continue that train of thought and expanding that reality. And we're also going to inspire other people to do that as well. Because just as everything branches out, a train of thought branches out, your energy will branch out as well. And you're going to impact other people in your life through what you talk about the most, what you do the most. So I feel like life is about that balance. What are we focusing on right now? And how can we create more balance in our life? It's important to know about the negative things. Justice talks about the fact that we need to have both in balance. So it's important to be aware of what's going on in the world. How can we maybe fix the negative? But then at the same time, we do need to very much focus on balancing that with what is amazing and what do I want to create? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. that's so good. And what's coming up for me is we get so accustomed to being frustrated by things of this world sitting from our armchair like sitting in the seat watching the news or scrolling through social media and like shaking our fist out of frustration at the powers that be that are that are you know keeping us from living our dreams or or whatever narrative is being pushed down our throat yet we're sitting there not doing anything mm -hmm. and, and like what if we leaned into community you know this this idea of friends getting together and cheersing and and creating a, a collective environment that is of abundance and light and fun and joy get off your ass if you're if you're frustrated by something how about you start with yourself you start with your family you start with your community and you invest in those relationships to make the world a better place it's a ripple effect but if we're just going to consistently sit in our you know armchairs and be 
be frustrated by what is happening to us without taking any action, Mm -hmm. it's only going to get worse. And not only frustrated, but also anxious and depressed, I would say, with the ongoings of the world. Yes, it is frustrating. But for me personally, I've noticed in my own life really recently when I focus, you know, if I'm, you know, getting my updates through Twitter more and more often, my anxiety raises like palpably. And I just had a little like come to Jesus conversation with myself and Chase yesterday was like, I'm feeling the anxiety of the world and the uncertainty of all these different potential um, dystopic futures and possibilities that could pan out. Of course, we none of us know exactly what's going to pan out. Um, but I'm noticing more so like when I focus on the news, Twitter, you know, social media in general, my anxiety is, I think that's the the peak of my anxiety. Nothing else really in life gives me anxiety, but that. And so I just like decided yesterday, I'm like, I need to stay off of this as much as possible, specifically Twitter, because that's my news source right now. And so I, I love what you're saying. It's just a, it's a reminder for me personally right now, for sure. Um, and then also, I hope a reminder, you know, to the listener, to the viewer, just thinking about what it is you want to create and knowing that we have only so much time and energy to put towards what we want to create in our life. And if we're putting that energy towards the negativity, the headlines, the um, the scary stuff in the world, doesn't mean you need to put your head in the sand, but just be mindful of like, where are you putting your energy, your dreams or your fears? Exactly, exactly. And also negative emotion is always an action signal. Mm. It's actually a signal for us to expand. It's saying that whatever we're doing right now, whatever we're focused on, if we're depressed, it's because we need to expand. We haven't expanded ourselves. So mm. that's when you kind of, it's a, it's almost like a gift. Your emotions are always a gift. So if you're feeling anxious or depressed, anxiousness is energy that's not being utilized. And so whenever you're feeling anxious about something, it's a buildup of energy. So if you read something that you're like, that's making me really anxious and nervous, it is a buildup of energy that wants you to take action mm. to do something with that. So it could be taking action to, um, rectify whatever it is that you're reading or to think what can I do in my life to avoid this or create less of that in the world Um, and if you're feeling really sad about something or sadness can come from many different places let's say you're feeling really alone it's an action okay let's go find love you're feeling alone because you have so much love to give you have so much love to share so how can we go and take action on that if you're feeling frustrated that's something that i i've noticed in my life lately is like a lot of frustration coming up especially when it comes to like the work that i do and i noticed for myself that the reason why frustration was coming up is because um, I'm not really getting the results that I really want, but it's coming because I'm not also pushing myself to expand into the things that I want to expand into. So mm. it's me realizing that I could do more, but I'm holding myself back. So why mm. am I holding myself back from fully making the vision that I really want? So when you actually do shadow work and you kind of look into why am I feeling negative right now? Where is this negativity coming from and how can I take action on fixing it? You'll notice that negative emotion is always, always, always an action signal. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good way to 
frame it, kind of reframe it, I suppose, because we're, we're kind of taught to avoid negative emotion rather than like sit with it, maybe even lean into it for a minute and like kind of peel back the layers on it and then kind of flip it and look at like what action is my physiology, my soul guiding me towards, um, and using it as like a signal rather than, um, sort of like feedback that you're not doing something right. It's like, uh, I I really like that reframe. That's great. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I love this already. Um, I think we should backpedal a tiny bit and I know we're going to branch off of what we were already talk what we were talking about and we're going to expand on that for sure. But I don't want to get too far in without asking you the first question that we ask every guest, which is what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift it to every human? I love the, what I've kind of realized in my life is life is about love and creating a beautiful experience. Um, and when you can share that experience with others and show others to create a beautiful experience as well, I think that's such a beautiful gift because when you see others living their best life and then you get to go and off and, and do that as well, that's such a beautiful feeling. And so I would say the biggest thing that I love about my life is like the realization that magic is everywhere. Love is everywhere. You can find love within anything, um, which brings me on a whole other topic. My Gemini brain is like, yes, yeah, a, lot a whole more, other girl. topic. Um, so we all are kind of familiar with the five love languages, right? And we all have certain love languages that we um, receive love in more than others. If you can actually work on that and you can actually look at what are your lowest love languages, where do you not tend to recognize love in? If you can work on that to begin to recognize love within those places as well, you're going to create a life where you see love within everything. And then also when you go to find like a partner in life and let's say that you've worked on yourself and you can see love within everything, you're going to start to notice love when it's actually there. Mm. And you're Mm. not going to be as inclined to go into toxic relationships because you're going to be able to see like who's, who's also maybe on that wavelength who understands that depth of love as well. And then you can also share that, you know, with your partner because no relationship is perfect, but you could also share that with your partner, (laughs) have them work on, their love languages to feel love within everything as well. And you're going to create a much more beautiful relationship Mm. where you can feel love through any action and see love through any action. It's not even just related to romance either, because you can begin to feel love through so many different spectrums with your family, with your friends in all areas Mm -hmm. rather than just a limited kind of like, Oh, this was how I was raised. So I see love languages only in these like small minute parts. But when we can recognize that, Mm-hmm. And so them. what were yeah. your lower love language, love languages that you've kind of started to look at differently? Um, one of them was receiving gifts. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't ne- necessarily see that as like tons of love. Like I would see that as like a beautiful thing, but it just wasn't that high. And so I began to realize like, oh, you know, when somebody gives you a gift, that means they thought of you when they were out, when they were through their day. And that's, um, one of the most beautiful ways of receiving love. Somebody's mm-hmm. actually giving you like a representation of it. Um, I would say, okay, remind me what, what all of them are. It's, it's quality time. Cause that's my highest, um, physical touch, physical touch was another actually low, low one mm. for me. I used to associate physical touch with somebody wanting some, th- something oh, from yeah. me. Yeah. 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 So whenever somebody would do a lot of touch, I'm like, either they just want, you know, physical intimacy and that's not always associated with love. Or I would think that, I don't know, they're just maybe invading personal space. Mm. I used to think that. And um, when I started working on that, and then you see that 
uh, touch can actually be such a deep form of love, especially again, when you recognize it in a healthy relationship versus a not so healthy relationship, it can get so deep that way. Mm -hmm. And you get to experience a whole new depth of love rather than associating it to a bad thing. Yeah. There's a reason why, you know, when they have done experiments a long time ago on babies uh, the failure to thrive. Have you heard of this before? Where no. they they had newborn babies basically, and one group was only receiving enough touch to you know change their diapers, feed them, but that was it. And then there was another group that got all the like oh love and hugs and kisses and squeezes and everything that you would give a baby normally, right? This was a long time ago again. <laughs> um, and what they saw with the group that only received touch for survival was they essentially had failure to thrive. Like they developed disease and they did not thrive in life. Some of them died. Um, so like I always think back on that, like how essential just skin to skin touch is and how it's like wired into our DNA. But I, I, I totally hear you on the the touch, like thinking that there yeah. could be an ulterior motive to it um but realizing that that could be our own shell that we're putting up not necessarily what's inherent uh or natural from like a dna perspective yeah there's a lot of spiritual fuckboys out there yeah. who are trying to <laughs> trying to groom you into yeah. physical touch being your primary love language so yeah. look out everybody um but no i totally get it and there's uh, for me who's you know especially in my past was always like scorekeeping and, and always wanted to have an even playing field. Cause I didn't want anybody to have anything, you know, on me. And so physical touch would be like, stop because I'm going to have to reciprocate <laughs> to make the playing field even. So even when, like when we were married and physical touch would, would happen after, you know, I was traveling all week long and I was super tired and it was Friday night. And honestly, I just wanted to get like drunk. Uh, physical touch would be like, I have to now, you know, even engage. The, engage and even the playing field. And I'm too tired to do this. <laughs> and, and, and similarly, like it felt prickly, almost felt prickly at times. And I'm a introvert by heart. And a lot of times like want my own space and, and a hug or a touch can be invading my, my little bubble. And so it's like, Oh, it almost feels like prickly in the, in the right. Uh, not the anymore though, right? No, not, not <laughs> anymore. Um, yeah. So what, what do we hit? Physical touch. Uh, quality time, quality time, words, words of, of affirmation, affirmation uh, acts of service, acts of service, and then gift giving. Gift giving, yeah, yeah. And there's probably more, but those are uh, kind of generalized. Well, well, and I think in relationships specifically, something that was a big like aha for me um, as we went through our journey was, wow, I have a tendency to give love in the way that I receive it. And so I'm my default mode, if I'm not conscious about what my partner, how they receive love best or ideally, I will just default to quality time because that's my highest love language. And and they're like, yo, where are those gifts? Where are those gifts at? <laughs> or whatever it is. It's physical touch actually for, for Megan. So, um, and, and just being able to have that like, wow, I actually give and receive the same. And so if I'm actually trying to meet my significant other where they would like to be met from a love language standpoint, I'm going to want to shift out of that a little bit. Exactly, exactly. And one point that I really want to make clear as well, just so like anyone listening to this doesn't apply it in the wrong way. For example, like just using the example that we just used, um, for physical touch, for example, if let's say that you are feeling like, oh, physical touch, I, I totally feel like somebody just wants something from me or they just want sex or whatever you may actually just be in the wrong relationship and you may actually just be with somebody who, you know, because we're very sensitive to that. So first of all, you may just be with somebody who 
that's just the case. Um, or it may be like an underlying association that you have from like childhood or something, mm-hmm. yeah. something that totally. we've created for ourselves. Yeah. 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 That's a good, good clarification. Well, and then if we actually want to talk about the, the ideal definition of love, it would be unconditional love. And so if you are with someone who is giving and speaking to you in a love language because they have an expectation of getting something in return, that is not unconditional love. That is a condition that they are engaging in the love interaction with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm actually so glad that you said that too, because one of my ways of like looking at the five love languages are those are your current conditions. And if you want to be able to love unconditionally and also to receive love unconditionally, you need to work on those so that you can recognize love in all of those areas and also yeah. work on yourself to give love yeah. in all of those areas. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm getting an image of like, you know, the love languages that are high on our list. Like for me, physical touch is number one, followed by words of affirmation. Um, those are innate. Those are so easy. I, I breathe them. You know, I, I, it's so easy for me to engage in those and engaging in the other ones or learning to understand when he's giving me one, uh, an aspect or a nutrient that falls under one of the other five lang- love languages. It's like developing a muscle, you know, it's like going to the gym and developing a muscle. You don't want to just always engage in the, in the activities or the exercises that come easy to you, right? Like let's lean into the ones that come maybe a little bit that there's a little more stickiness. There's a little a little bit more resistance like that's the areas that you know have the potential for us to grow that's so true and just like going to the gym you don't just want to work out the muscles because you're like oh my god lifting weights like this is super easy but then when you do this one you're like yeah that one's like really hard yeah yeah so (laughs) of course we don't want to just build the muscles that are good because then we're our body is just gonna you know be lopsided or something so of course like if you want your spiritual body to not be lopsided Mm -hmm. it's about looking at okay what are my weaknesses and how can I work on those and actually dive into them more Mm -hmm. to make them strengths because we're all capable of like making any aspect of ourself into a strength. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, Super good. Well, I think, you know, probably a lot of our followers uh, know you because they watched our stories when we were in Egypt and and did a thorough stalking of your various platforms. (laughs) Um, But for the sake of educating everybody watching and or listening about what you do in the world currently, can you, you know, maybe just sum up what you are currently doing in the world? Okay. What I'm currently doing, I do tarot readings online on YouTube. Like I don't do personal ones, but I do them um, on YouTube just for a lack of time. I don't do the personal ones anymore, but I also do astrology on YouTube. I make content to help inspire, uplift, and help you reach your highest potential, highest vibration. I make videos on manifestation, um, how to utilize the law of attraction, basically, um, so that you can create your dream reality. My whole purpose in life is to show you how to create your dream reality that's Mm -hmm. my purpose to awaken the parts of you that may be not awakened yet (laughs) i love it yeah yeah that's so good and and so for anyone listening who who we need to get caught up we i don't think we said it yet we went to egypt with mark and liana um it was such an adventure such an amazing um just experience to to do with you guys and i will say like we have a lot of friends, but um, there's no bond quite like traveling overseas together <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and experiencing everything we did. Um, and it was just, it was so, uh, it was so fun to get to learn more about 
you and Mark together, but in that, um, you know, we were with each other every day for three weeks, basically. And I, I, I'm piggybacking on something you were saying. You could look at your channel, you look at your content, like, oh, she's got it all figured out. She's beautiful. She's intelligent. She's well-spoken, but maybe not know for sure if you're living and walking the walk, the things that you speak. And I just want to say right off the bat, like after spending every day for three weeks with you, like I can honestly say this girl walks the walk and you're just a joy to be around. Like we feel lighter when we hang out with you and Mark. And that is a rare thing in this world, uh, in friendships, just in general. So I just want to put that out there that like anything that you talk about today, like this girl does the work and we, we saw that firsthand. So just wanted to give you major props there first off. Wow. Thank you. I'm like so beyond flattered right now. (laughs) I also love hanging out with you guys and spending those three weeks together was like the most phenomenal, highest points of my life. So that was that was incredible. Yeah. We had a, some big bonding experiences. Yeah. There yeah. Too. <laughs> some very real highs and yeah. some very real lows, but we got through it. We made it. Um, okay. So now that we know a little bit about what you do in the world and how you help people, your mission, um, I would, you know, selfishly, we've heard a little bit about your backstory and it, I just find it fascinating because it's so different than how Chase and I grew up in the in evangelical Christian world. You know, um, I just feel like we have wildly different childhoods and specifically, You've shared with us before that your mom actually exposed you to a lot of what you're, how you're helping the world now, the tarot and the astrology. So I was hoping that you could go a little bit into your backstory a little bit and give us a sense of like maybe childhood, young adult years, like what that looked like for you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my mom was always into spirituality ever since she was like a teenager. She was like always diving into books on spiritual subjects. Um, And she's also kind of, you know, sensitive to, you know, hearing spirits or whatever. That sounds super esoteric, I know. But like, um, and when I was born, I was really sensitive to energy as well. And I like started doing Reiki when I was five and I didn't know what it was. Um, But basically anytime my mom had like tension in her back because she was usually had like really sore shoulders or whatever, I would always feel and I could like almost see that there was this more blackish energy that was like stopping the flow of energy in her body. And so when I was a kid, I didn't even know what this was. I didn't even know Reiki was a thing. Didn't even know the name of it. But when I was five, I was like, oh, let me just like pull that energy out of your back, you know? And so I would do that. And then she'd be like, wow, I literally actually feel better and um as I got older I ended up actually going for Reiki um and learning it from a actual teacher as I kind of discovered more about what it was and my mom was super into tarot and astrology and she would always have this tarot deck that she was you know playing with and pulling cards and reading books on astrology and I just got super into it I was very interested in as a kid we're all kind of usually interested in like magical things and whatnot. And so this was a way to like bring magic into this world. And so I was super into it. Um, And eventually my mom was like, oh, I want to take some classes on tarot and astrology. Do you want to join me? And I was like, of course I do. Like, absolutely. And so um, we would go to tarot and astrology classes together. And the tarot reader that I used to go to, we actually used to get readings from her as well. And I actually still usually see her about once a year. And she is so phenomenally accurate. She has predicted some of the most wildest things in my life. And this is what made me realize that there's really something to the tarot. It's not just this mystical kind of fun, like magical thing. There's really something to it. 
just because like this tarot reader would predict things way far in my future that at the time I'd be like, there's no way. And there would be things that she would predict that were way out of my control that I couldn't just manifest for Mm. myself. Um, and so she'd predict like certain relationships, how those relationships would turn out, what would happen, where, what, where I'd end up. She even told me that I'd eventually move to another country. And at the time I was like, this just sounds so wild. Cause I was so young when I got these readings, I was probably like 15 or 16 when I got these readings from her predicting these things. And throughout my life, these things have happened. She's been so accurate. And so learning from her was incredible. She's such an incredible teacher. And I feel so blessed to have gotten to learn from her. Um, And basically through my whole childhood, me and my mom would wake up at five in the morning, every morning do tarot together until like eight, eight a.m. And then go Mm. to classes together, come home, start working on the tarot again, because we were just so fascinated by it. And then, Mm. you know, that expanded into doing numerology, mediumship and just going into all different directions with um, spirituality. So that's basically my background and how I grew up. Yeah, that's so cool. So cool. Yeah. And We, we would have been we would have been blasted and out of out of our community heretics uh that's so amazing you know something you said um around the lines of like you know as kids we all love magic we love this idea of magic and we were just talking about this and thinking about this we're watching harry potter you know we throw it on we're trying to fall asleep um every now and then and and i just love or anytime we just need an uplift yeah you know we're like we watch something heavy like let's let's throw on harry but it's the story is on the, on the backdrop of, of magic and you could argue the same with Lord of the Rings and some of these other myths that have, that have just always, and, 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 uh, you know, fairy tales. It's, it's just so deeply, uh, resonating for kids. Why do you think that is? Why are we so interested in seemingly mythical or, uh, fictional magic? Hey, Hey homies. All right. Here's a question we get all the time. Is it okay for generally healthy people to take immune Intel AHCC, or is it just for people with serious illness? This is a great question. And most of the world is aware now just how critical a healthy functional immune system is in order to maintain long-term health. But it's still easy to forget about your immune system until it's too late, until there's a breakdown somewhere, until your body is dealing with something quite serious. So what happens when generally healthy people take AHCC? Well, it's sort of like fixing the roof when the sun is shining. And now your house is much less likely to flood because of a leak. How does it do this? AHCC works like a boss to quickly enhance the immune system, cell function, and communication. For example, the NK, natural killer cells, these are white blood cells that specialize in attacking tumor cells and cells infected with viruses. AHCC has proven to increase your NK cells by up to 800% in a matter of weeks. And T-cells, these immune soldiers are important because they help direct your body's immune response. Certain types of T-cells can actually seek out and kill foreign invaders. And AHCC helps promote optimal T-cell activity. I know that I want this intelligence in my body every single day. So Chase and I both take at least two capsules of Immune Intel AHCC every single day without fail. If you'd like to start blessing your body with this daily intelligence, go to themedicine.com forward slash products or just check the show notes below. Cheers, boo. 
I think it's because there we know that there's some sort of underlying truth of it. So for example, we cannot conceptualize of anything that we haven't seen or experienced before. For example, if I tell you to think about a color you've never seen, mm-hmm. you, you yeah. can't do it. And so the fact that we can even conceptualize of the concept of magic means that there's something that is unexplainable in the human experience. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like as kids, we're also really drawn to this because our imagination is more open and we're less kind of restricted with different belief systems that we've created mm-hmm. in adulthood, mm-hmm. such as like, oh, magic isn't real. You know, I feel like as adults, we tend to kind of lose that because we've experienced some of the negatives in life that have maybe destroyed some of the magic that we used to believe. Mm-hmm. But just because you've experienced negative things doesn't make that belief system real, which I would love to talk about belief systems eventually. Um, but yeah, so that's basically why I think um, yeah, why I think we have this fascination. And I think kids are also more... <laughs> Like they're closer to the spiritual realm because they were they've just been born, they've just mm, been incarnated, mm-hmm. so they may still feel more and be more open to those yeah those energies. I also think like when you're a kid, you haven't gone through your indoctrination programming. <clears throat> Certainly, you're in the process of it. You're a sponge. You're picking up everything from like, okay, this is useful. That's what that is. This is what that is. Okay, I'm not supposed to do that. People look at me weird when I do this. So I think it's innate in us to be drawn to things that are magical. I mean, even the concept of Santa Claus, like little kids love the concept because it is magical. And I think we, we get far enough along in our programming where we start to be very aware of how other people see us. And Mm -hmm. so I think like engaging in, you know, fantasy or magic or speaking in a certain way about certain things, we pick up on, oh, she thinks I'm weird for that. Oh, I better not do that. And we suddenly become way more concerned and fixated on how how other people are seeing us rather than just in our own world and in our own imagination, like living in the magic. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I think that's great. I think we, we, at an early age, and probably most of us don't even remember it, feel shame and guilt around magical thinking and it we get more feedback thinking left to right top to bottom and so when we get feedback from the external world that we're doing something within the box we continue to double down on that and go down that path and it's funny the people who i've met who are the most magical in in their adult lives typically weren't thrust into that a very very rational way of thinking and behaving at an early age they usually have a non, you know, traditional upbringing or had exposure to, uh, you know, solving prob- questions and, and, and problems through outside of the box thinking and totally wild ways of, of coming up to conclusions and answers and, and, and ways to live your life. So I think that's totally true. I mean, I, I would distill it back to childhood and most of mm-hmm. the environments that we're brought into. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the meanings that we give to certain experiences. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we have like the, coolest way to kind of conceptualize belief systems is like a table and then let's say that your belief is the tabletop but then every experience that you have is the legs supporting that table it's going to be really hard for you to change a certain belief if you have a lot of legs supporting that table a lot of experiences Mm. backing that certain Mm -hmm. idea and just because we have an idea with a lot of support under it doesn't actually make it true so for example in childhood let's take the idea of like a little boy and let's say that he went to go tell a girl that he had a crush on her and she rejected him. And let's say he put the meaning on that, like I'm unlovable. And that experience 
mm-hmm. proves to him that perception that I'm unlovable. And let's say that he goes and tries out again because maybe he gets another crush when he's a little bit older and then he tries it again, maybe gets rejected again. That's another experience backing that idea. But the thing is, is that that belief that he has is untrue. Everyone is lovable in their own way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we kind of create these certain belief systems because of experiences and the, and the meaning that we attach to that experience. Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to break down old belief systems, if you want to create new ones that actually support the reality that you want, it's about defining, okay, what is the current belief systems that I have that might be holding me back? What do I believe about the world? Do I believe that money's hard to, to get? Do I believe that relationships are really difficult? I'm always going to attract, you know, someone that's not ideal. Um, what belief systems do you have? If you can define that, which there's a process for doing that. If, but if you can define that, but then also define what would I rather believe? What belief system would support me? Even if you don't believe it right now, because you mm-hmm. might be thinking to yourself like, but I do believe I'm unlovable. Yeah. And you're trying to create this yeah. new belief system. So define the belief system that you want and then start creating experiences to back that. And meanwhile, start breaking down the old the old, yeah. old ones and start to realize that just because you had an experience there doesn't make that belief system real. Yeah. Just because money's been hard to get doesn't mean that it is hard to get. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes too, where we are, there's that um, cognitive dissonance, that uh, bias that we have where we see the world through a certain filter based on the belief that we already have. So like our brain is looking for the evidence that supports the belief that we already have rather than finding the evidence that may be just as real and just as, you know, palpable in our field or in our life. But our eyes are like attuned to the evidence that we, that is familiar, let's say. And so um, like, the familiar discomfort actually starts to feel like comfort as it relates to our like belief because we're looking for the evidence that supports that when we could just like look in a different direction and find evidence to support a different belief. Absolutely. And you can find evidence to support almost any belief system. So what belief systems do you want? What are, what are belief systems that are going to serve you versus ones that are not going to serve you. Mm-hmm. And let's begin to break down those. But sometimes we're really unconscious of yeah. what we believe yeah. because we we almost think that it is reality because we've experienced it so many times. And that's like the beauty of shadow work. It's looking at the unconscious, which is what shadow work um, basically stands for is like looking at the shadow, looking at the unconscious, whereas mm-hmm. light is like the conscious mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so let, let's keep pulling on this thread because I, I like this a lot. I mean, just sharing openly, you know, belief systems that have come into my life um one we got divorced and so and i still do this and i have to watch myself because i tend to just consider marriage bullshit (laughs) which because my evidence for marriage is that it was the most painful thing that ever happened to me and so i i am consistently like i i have to like unattach myself from this idea that marriage is or I'll like, you know, be kind of a cynical asshole when people get married, especially when they get married really young. And I'll be like, oh, Jesus. Okay, here we go. <laughs> um, but that's one that's because it's validated my by my experience yeah. being just <clears throat> incredibly heartbreaking and cold. You know, the whole process when we're super open about it, but it was not enjoyable. The other one is, is Christianity, and this is me witnessing it. So I'm witnessing Christianity for many. Uh, where they experience um, mentorship, they experience the the hierophant uh, archetype, and they see uh, community. They have a, a friend group. They also find 
uh, connection to the divine, a meditation practice that they call prayer, uh, rituals like communion that connects them to something metaphysical. They have ecstatic dance and uh, sound healing through worship. And so they kind of package all of these together and go, this is God. This is my connection to God. It's the only way. And, you know, as myself, not being able to hit on some of those same chords of resonance was like, whoa, 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 no, this is just for you, right? Like, this is just your version of that. And so, like, how you're articulating belief systems is so spot on. I love the analogy of the table and the legs because, like, these legs and things like religions specifically can really be supportive, Mm -hmm. wildly supportive. Um, But now I want to get into, like, how do we, one, you talked about kind of shadow work. Maybe we can, like, unpack that a little bit around what is that exactly. Um, But then how do we, once we're aware of belief systems, evaluate which are the ones we would like to keep, which are the ones we would like to potentially, uh, you know, break apart from and or repackage into something that's more beneficial for our life. Yeah. So one of the first ways to kind of begin to uncover your belief systems is to ask yourself, what are the emotions you feel on a daily basis? And write down every single emotion that you normally feel. Then circle all the ones that are negative. Mm -hmm. And then ask yourself, what causes me to feel those? Like if it's frustration, is it frustration because maybe there's something that we really want to do, but we believe we can't, or maybe we believe that you know, there's something that's stopping us or something like that. So there's also examples online. So if you're really lost, you could also just Google examples of like really common limiting beliefs. There's tons of examples and you just kind of go through them and see like, oh, I actually really resonate with that one. So those, those are some of the ways that you can get to know what are your limiting beliefs. You can also get to know your fears that way. So is there a fear that's coming up in your life when you're feeling a negative emotion? And a fear is similar to a limiting belief as well. We may fear rejection. We may fear failure. Those are really common like uh, fears that we have. So we may have a belief system attached to those fears as well. We may believe like it's hard to do whatever you want to do. Therefore, you fear failure. You fear failure around that. Um, So once you are aware of what your current belief systems are, then you can begin to ask yourself, what is the opposite of that? What, how could I change this belief? to something that serves me. So instead of believing, I feel like, or I believe that I won't attain my dreams because it's really difficult. If you have that belief, write something down that's the opposite. So write down, my dreams are super easy to attain because I have these dreams, I have this visualization, therefore I can do it. Anything I visualize, I can do. And even though you may not believe that at first and it may feel like really false when you're writing that down, you may feel like that's a fairy tale way of thinking that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense right now because it's not a a strong neural pathway in your brain. So when we believe old thoughts and we have a lot of support on that, you can almost see it as like driving down a road so many times. The tire prints are going to become so imprinted. That old way of thinking is so imprinted in your mind right now. The less you use it, the um, the more that, you know, nature's going to overtake that road again mm-hmm. the, yeah. and, and it's yeah. going to break down. It won't. The less you fire a certain neuron, the less that you're going to wire it into your mind. Mm-hmm. But the more that you fire a new neuron, which is a new way of thinking, the more you're going to build that new road, that new neural pathway. So when you want to create a new belief, repeat that belief to yourself and also begin to embody it. So the three different ways to change your identity are um, repetition awareness and embodiment Hmm. awareness actually comes first so awareness of what's the belief that you want to have 
then you need to repeat it. Repeat that belief to yourself. Anytime that you catch yourself thinking in the negative way, if you notice fear coming up, if you notice the limitation coming up, repeat to yourself your new way of thinking. It's going to feel unnatural at first. You're going to question it. But the more that you repeat it to yourself, the more that you think it, the more you're going to wire in that new way of thinking. So awareness, repetition, and then embodiment. Embodiment, I like to do embodiment through meditation personally, but you can do embodiment in many different ways. And what embodiment means is think about how would you feel with this new way of thinking? Because if you can get a really powerful emotion behind a new way of thinking, you're going to create that new neuron much quicker if you match it with a powerful emotion. So think about how would I feel if success became so easy to me? If my dreams became so easy, how would that feel? Who would I be? Start to embody that feeling, embody that emotion. And if you can do it with more power, if you can sit with that emotion for a long period of time, which is why I like to do that in meditation, you're going to create that new neural pathway in your brain much faster and much stronger. And then Mm -hmm. you can also look for evidence in your external world to back that new belief as well. So you can Google stories of people who maybe came from you know, really unsuccessful backgrounds and created the most success for themselves. Mm. The more that you can create that experience. Yeah. Yeah. You can just Google examples of people that have done it Mm. anyway, because there's no way it can be, there's no way your belief system is cold, hard, solid truth. If other people (laughs) have proved it wrong. Yeah. That's so true. That's a really good reminder for me too, to to put my head more in some of those stories of rags to riches stories, if you will. Um, I, I'll give an example. This is perfectly articulated and I'll give an example from my life. Um, and I wasn't really even aware of this happening. This is just kind of like by happenstance and, and your three steps of awareness, repetition, embodiment. So spot on as you're, as you're, you know, saying these back, I'm reminded when we got divorced, um, you know, two years after we'd been divorced, I was just still harboring like bitterness and negativity in my life and was so ready to be done with it and, and, and just get rid of this feeling. I would think about Megan or our life or our relationship and it would just bring such bitterness into the way that I thought, the way that I acted, the relationships that I was having. Um, and I was like, I am so ready to get over this. And, and uh, I was reading Dr. Joe Dispenza's book, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And um, this awareness was like step one was like, wow, this is not serving me any longer. And it's actually, you know, continuing to deteriorate my lifestyle. Um, and so I started this, this practice of like, every time I would think of Megan or think of our life or think of my past, I would just say the word change, which was based on his recommendation in the book. And as I would say that I would, I would go kind of the next step, which would be into this embodiment phase of when I would spend time in meditation, I would think about her and wish for the best. I would hope that she was being, that she was successful, that she was happy, that she was healthy. Because honestly, when I would think about her previously, I had hoped that she wasn't doing well. Like out of the bitterness of my soul, I was like, I hope she's kind of like struggling, you know? Um, And so I was like, fuck, I have to get past this point. So past this point that when I think of her, I get like lit up with, with excitement for the things that she's creating in the world. You know, I'd loosely known that she'd she'd become an entrepreneur and things like that, which was helpful. Um, but, and it was not, it was clunky. It was like not easy. It was like uh, fucking nails on the chalkboard for a little while, but slowly and surely, like it really did start to change in my body so much so that after months of doing this, we organically reconnect and I'm lit up by the reconnection as friends, forgetting the fact that she was, you know, my ex-wife and, and rather just like, wow, I'm so groomed 
in this way of thinking about you that as we've reconnected and I think it like, you know, blew you away in a lot of, in a lot of ways because it was like, yeah, let's go. Let's let, let me, let me hear about your life. I'm so excited for you. I know you're crushing it. And it was, it it was through these practices. Of course, I was not aware of these, these steps, but as you're saying, this is like, this is the exact kind of route that, that I took for getting over the biggest challenge of, you know, my very cushioned life. And piggybacking on that. I mean, (laughs) we wouldn't be sitting here now had you not done that. No. Mm-hmm. Had you decided that it was going to be too hard or annoying or that you just didn't want to or that you liked living in the negativity of the bitterness because that can be almost like its weird, its own weird like dopamine hit. Yeah. Um, pleasure hit in, in like the negative sense, you know, kind of living in those negative thought loops. Um, had you not done that, like we wouldn't be sitting here today because we wouldn't have met up. We wouldn't have reconnected. We wouldn't have started a new friendship. So just, I just wanted to kind of amplify the ripple effect that making a small decision like that, it's a big decision, but it's a, it's a small act, but with profound ripple effects. Like you have no idea what doing what you just described, Leanna, could do for the rest of your entire life. It can totally transform. Absolutely. Shifting like one belief system can completely change radically your entire life because our belief systems actually like block our our mind from expanding and creating a reality beyond those limitations. You will never be able to create a reality beyond your limitations because the belief systems that you have are putting your mind into a box Therefore, your mind is never going to think outside of the box unless Mm -hmm. you break down the belief. If you break down that wall, your mind is going to expand there. And so the reason why belief systems work, especially when it comes to like success or creating money or creating a great relationship, the reason why it works is because if you have a limiting belief that says money is really hard, your mind will never explore a thought that makes money easy. It will never explore a thought like that. And even if you think that you're exploring a thought like that, your limitation will never let you create an idea that you actually believe that you could do. And you'll notice that you either fail at it or that even if you begin trying one of those ideas, you're going to get down on yourself because that mm-hmm. that limitation is going to keep knocking on your mind saying, you can't do it. You can't do it. Why are you even spending energy over there? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're going to get down on yourself and discontinue that path. So once you break down these belief systems, your mind will be able to go into a new realm, a whole new like place that you've never even explored before. And that's where you're going to get ideas out of the blue. That is going to be where you get these inspirations where you're like, oh my gosh, I just thought of an idea that I would have yeah. never thought of before. Yeah. And you're also going to have the ability to push through on that idea because you no longer have that wall that keeps blocking you from exploring the idea further and yeah. going to actually make it happen. Do you have an example of that in your life where you were able to identify a belief system that wasn't serving you and you were able to actually transform it? Yeah. Uh, so many examples. One of them was, um, so actually going back to my childhood with spirituality, I grew up super spiritual, but I grew up more of a closet spiritualist mm. because Um, I was sort of raised with the notion that spirituality is not accepted and people are going to think you're really crazy and weird for believing in that. Mm. So don't ever talk about it. Don't ever do it with other people. Like the only person that I felt safe doing it with was my mom or some of my really close friends where I'd be like, hey, so I kind of like was learning this new thing. And they'd be like, oh, okay, they're kind of interested in it. Maybe I'll explore it with them. So there's a very few people that actually knew that I was spiritual. Um, And I really 
wanted to find my purpose in life. And I was exploring like, what could that be? What could that be? And my mind didn't even think that I could do tarot or astrology because mm-hmm. I just had this belief system like, like you can't talk about that stuff. So therefore it was not even an option I explored for myself to be my career. And there was a long time I was like trying to find my myself in my career which actually ended up being a divine thing because I ended up going to audio engineering school because I thought like, oh, being a producer would be really fun or doing something within music. Um, and that actually had a major benefit for me. So I'm glad that I took that route. And so there's actually purpose behind all of our limitations. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can come back to that topic, but there's always purpose behind our limitations. Anyway, eventually um, in my kind of early 20s, I was like, I really really want to do this, but I need to kind of break through this limiting belief that spirituality is weird because I was like, I want to live my purpose. And I knew some people in my life at the time who were, you know, living their spiritual lives and making a career out of it. And I just thought it was the most inspiring, most beautiful thing ever. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, I can't do that. And then I'm like, why, why can't I do that? And it was this moment where I was like, wow, I have this belief system that I can't do it because I believe that I'm going to be mocked for it or judged. And it was a huge feeling of like fear of judgment. And Um, eventually I was just like, you know what, I'm going to like liberate myself. I'm going to break free from that. And I'm just going to make a video. I'm going to take action on it to prove to myself that I can do it. So I, I still actually had this belief system when I started my spiritual YouTube channel, but I realized I had this belief, which made me realize that I need to start the YouTube channel. And so I did. And it took me some time to like break out of that fear because as I was making those videos, I was still kind of like really awkward and stuff. But the more that I did it, the more that I just put myself there I noticed that people would say supportive things. There'd be a couple negative people here and there, but there would also be some supportive people. And I was like, I'm just going to start speaking to those, (laughs) to those people that are supportive of this. And um, yeah, just breaking out of that. That's why I do what I do today. That's why like I've made spirituality my career. So that was one of the biggest things that that. I broke out of. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's huge. And it's obviously had a huge ripple in your own life but then it also ripples out into other people's lives like thinking about how many people you've impacted or helped like we will never fully understand the impact the positive impact we can't we can't know every way that it's positively impacting people and even like trying to wrap your mind around that is like it's boggling um but like that one decision had such a profound ripple effect throughout the collective and that's honestly what I believe we need more of and what so many of the issues and problems when it when we look at the individual like in the world so many of the issues and problems come down to is is that person really following their soul's desire their soul's dream we don't need more inventions more tech more Uh, entrepreneurs, more business owners. We need more people who are living out their dreams because that is what's going to give the individual purpose and drive and fulfillment in their life. And when we do that on an individual level, we are healthier, we're more positive, we have more direction in life. And then that ripples out into the collective. Like, it's, it's so clear to me, especially as we've been learning with like Paul Check. He talks about this all the time. Any client that he works with, whether they're Kobe Bryant or a billionaire or, you know, me. whoever, um, <laughs> he starts with, what is your one dream? Because if you, if you don't have a dream, if you don't have a labor of love, 
you're going to be self, you're going to be sabotaging yourself. You're going to have this void it's going to feel like. So I think so much of our issues in the world come back to really asking ourselves, like, am I living out my dream? Am I living out my purpose? Because it, it's like fuel to the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. And I, I feel like so many of us don't find our purpose possibly because we have a belief system that says, mm. don't even think about that because it's not possible. Just like for my example. Um, so there may be a belief system that's holding you back from realizing what your purpose may be because mm-hmm. that's just maybe an off limits area for you. Yeah. But if you work through those limiting beliefs, you may find your purpose. And another way to also find your purpose is to look at, um, and this is going to sound so backwards, but to look at your life where you've had the most pain and how you've healed that. When you, when you can look at how you've healed some of your most traumatic or painful experiences in your life, that's actually where a lot of people's purpose comes from. Mm. For example, musicians found that music has healed their pain. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they became so fascinated with music that they became a professional musician. Or, you know, for example, for me, I've worked through a lot of my pain through spiritual concepts and learning a lot about personal development, law of attraction, doing tarot and astrology. And I found my purpose within that. That's that's why that I became so passionate behind it, because passion is an interesting emotion that you can be passionately in love with something or you can passionately hate something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if you want to cultivate more passion in your life, look at how you've healed, look at how you've transformed. Yeah. And if you still need to create a purpose you know, maybe you're going through a hard time right now. Think about how can I heal that? And then you may find more of your purpose through that because we create our purpose. It's not just something that's arbitrary Mm -hmm. that we're like, oh, we need to go out and like find it in the world. We create our purpose. So how are you healing? You know, and you've created like an amazing podcast. You found healing a lot through mushrooms and look at what you're Mm -hmm. doing, like podcast mushrooms. Like, yeah. yeah. And there's still like, you know, just, just being open, like belief systems still, um, I think have, have even like kept me chained to certain versions of myself over the last three years as we've launched this show and we talk about these various topics. Um, We kind of recently publicly came out of the closet with psychedelics, (laughs) which is like something we always danced around. Um, Even being on video, we just started YouTube. My reservations were that I still play, I still have a foot in the real world, right? Like the business world. The business world. I'm talking to lawyers and bankers and investors. And I know the first thing they do is they look up my social and platforms and and when they see you know psychedelics mentioned i'm like oh jesus now i got to sort of like integrate this version of myself with these these the suits right the suits of the world and um it, it i think it's kept me like chained to this version of myself mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and i've had such a hard time to reconcile both of these versions of myself um but yeah now i'm just deeply curious and it's it's a it's a new idea and a new concept really but just being like who what is that guy like if half yeah. my body is this like businessman and the other half is a psychonaut who you know and wants to push these... the edges of consciousness <laughs> like these motherfuckers are just gonna have to deal with it that's where i'm at right now <laughs> also like the suits are probably microdosing on a daily basis let's they be real be. they want to be yeah um but Some no it's, it like deeply resonates because yeah. it is this it's not all of these things are not easy you're not saying they're easy and i want to reiterate that like these aren't easy they sound and simple they can be simple but that doesn't necessarily mean they're they're without challenge hey friends by now you probably have picked up that chase and i are committed to living optimally healthy lives 
we are obsessed with small actions that have profound benefits for the entire body, which is why I'm super excited to share the benefits of ASEA with you. ASEA is classified as a cell signaling supplement, meaning that it supports cellular regeneration and communication. Our overall expression of health comes down to our individual cells and how they function. And with so many toxins, pesticides, and disruptors that unfortunately exist in our world, it's no wonder that the body starts to break down and express disease. We'd like to limit that disease expression if possible, and it is possible. ASEA is full of redox molecules. These redox molecules are the communication centers of your cells. We're born with redox molecules, but they steadily decrease over time. So ASEA redox comes in two different forms, used in different ways, but both have incredible capacity to help the body heal itself. There's a liquid and a gel. ASEA Redox Liquid is something we drink daily to increase our internal cellular communication and regeneration throughout the body. We've noticed that our digestion, sleep quality, and recovery after workouts has all improved. The gel is a topical product that can be used for pain or fast healing of injuries or skin issues. I personally use it on my face twice a day to promote smooth, nourished, clear skin. And honestly, my skin has never been softer or smoother in my life. I'm amazed. The gel also increases blood flow significantly. So TMI, but we love to use it before sex to increase blood flow and sensation. I won't get into all the details here, but wow, it really works. To learn more about how ASEA supports your entire body and see a full breakdown of uses, you can go to themedicine.com forward slash ASEA. That's A-S-E-A. Or you can just check the show notes, of course, for the direct link. We are committed to only sharing with you guys what has made a significant impact on our lives and overall well-being. Cheers to cellular health and cheers to ASEA. Okay, bye. Something that I, you know, I put on my social media last last week, like just was working out and I just had this um, thought that like, <laughs> no matter what path we take in life, there's going to be hurdles, there's going to be obstacles, like there are going to be difficult aspects to whatever path that we take. So for example, uh, lifting weights is challenging, but being overweight and sick is also challenging in a different way. Living your purpose and your dream and working tirelessly, you know, day in and day out to achieve this thing is really challenging, but also not having a goal or a dream or something to push you through, uh, hard days is also challenging. Building a conscious relationship is not always easy. <laughs> it is, there are challenging aspects, but it's so worth it. Being single and feeling like you have a void in your life and you're not able to express your love or being with toxic partners is also challenging. So it's like, we're going, like that's what earth school, <laughs> we're in the spiritual kindergarten to experience and to learn and to grow. And there's going to be hurdles. There's going to be challenges no matter which road you take. So if we can think about that and like proactively choose the challenge, it feels like it's 
our choice and that we're stepping into it with some amount of power rather than it just happening to us, like the difficulty just happening to us and we have no say in it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts there? Yeah. So I love to, I love what you guys are saying. Um, Cause yes, there is always challenge. And that's a huge thing that many people don't talk about when it comes to like manifestation or like Mm -hmm. changing your life, making decisions, breaking beliefs, there will be challenges. Um, One of the most important questions to ask yourself is um, how would my life change if this fear or this challenge was no, no longer holding me back? How would my life change if I no longer held myself back from that fear and I just stepped into it? What would be different about it? And for you, it might be like just, going full force into like passionately talking about all these different things. But yes, there may be repercussions. That is just the cold, hard reality truth. And our ego fears that our ego fears the unknown because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know Mm -hmm. if people are going to, you know, Google our names and see like, what have you been talking about over here? Like, and you know, there may be repercussions. That's just the um, inevitable truth. But Everything is always divine and there's always a divine way. And if your heart and soul are calling you towards a certain path, usually we have to face that fear. And even though there may be chaos around that fear when we face it, all of a sudden we may get flack for whatever we start doing. We may see different challenges that we have to overcome. But if you're so passionately in that direction, your heart's calling you there, you're meant to face that fear. Ask yourself, what would your life be like if you didn't have that? And if that seems like something that's exciting for you, and if you're like, I would be excited to like mm-hmm. do that. That feels like it would be good for me. Dive into it. Yes, there may be repercussions for that, but there's always ways to navigate around those repercussions because maybe once we enter that world, maybe it's because we were supposed to let something go. And if there's a lot of chaos around it, it's divine from the universe. The universe is saying, I'm getting rid of something for you that was mm-hmm. holding you back. You mm-hmm. finally overcame that fear. And now the universe is going to take that fear away. And it may look very different. It may look like losing your job. It may look like, you know, whatever losing a relationship, but that may end up being the birth of your most beautiful time yeah. in your life. It may be the birth of your new path that you're now creating. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, so it, true. it's like the, it's like those people or that flack, the, f- the feedback that you might be getting from, you know, from jumping in the deep end of, of wherever uh, you've decided to jump in at might just be the excess weight that you need to shed to be able mm-hmm. to get into the rest of, uh, you know, what you're aiming to get into. And so, I mean, that totally, totally makes sense. I want to get into a little bit um, around manifestation. I think it's a word that's thrown out a lot. I think it's been completely uh, overused as it pertains to kind of like the influencer world at large. Um, Oftentimes just assumed to be quite easy. You make a vision board and you stare at it every day and then, you know, your dreams come (laughs) true. Um, Maybe we can break it down a little bit and would love to get kind of your perspective. I know you're a master at manifestation so we can uh, debunk a few things yeah thank you um so one of the main things to know about manifestation is that we are constantly manifesting no matter what your unconscious and your conscious mind are constantly creating your reality and there isn't one single method that's going to all of a sudden change your life it is your internal self and you don't need like you don't need to do a spell you don't need to do a ritual you don't need to make a vision board those are tools to help your subconscious mind they are tools that can help you in the process of manifestation but you actually don't need any of that they can be extremely powerful though and very helpful so the way that manifestation works is basically the energy that you are emitting is creating your reality you can look at the energy that you're emitting as your emotion. Your emotion is your way of reading frequency. So if you're feeling negative, 
your frequency that you are emitting is equal to that. It's going to be negative. And emotion is energy in motion. So you, whatever emotion that you're feeling, you're putting that energy into motion and sending ripples out into the world. So for example, if you're feeling negative and let's say you're interacting with somebody and let's say that they're also feeling negative, those two frequencies, when they meet each other, they're going to get amplified because they're a similar Mm -hmm. frequency. It Mm -hmm. will amplify. Um, If you're feeling really positive and you go to a negative person, those two frequencies, you won't see eye to eye. It'll kind of create like a new waveform that's not quite like seeing eye to eye. And depending on whose amplification is stronger, it will shift that person. So if, if my amplification is so strong, let's say I'm feeling so positive, I'm talking to someone who's feeling negative, but let's say I'm so like powerful in my high vibe, that amplification of that frequency that I'm emitting will overpower the other frequency. Mm-hmm. And it may actually uplift that person. You may notice that that person's like, wow, you just really uplifted me out of that mood. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, you can also look at this in interactions. Um, so if you really want to help somebody out of something or pull something, pull somebody out of the, a way of thinking or a frequency that they're emitting, you can either meet them at that same frequency because you'll get two waveforms where all of a sudden that person will feel comfortable. You'll get more leverage and then you can begin to show them kind of a new concept or idea. Um, only if they're open to it, of course. You don't want to use this as a manipulation practice. But um, so that's like one way that you can shift someone's um, amplitude or you could also just be really powerful in your own amplitude. But this also doesn't just affect relationships. It affects everything in your life. The energy that you emit, everything on this earth is frequency. And one of the things that we learn in science is that everything is just different particles that are vibrating at different rates everything. So everything is motion. That's one of the hermetic principles as well as the uh, principle of vibration. Everything is vibrating. Your emotions are a way of reading vibration. If you are feeling amazing, you are going to amplify anything in your reality that resonates with that. Mm. So you are going to then amplify things that are amazing. If you're amplifying the energy of, I'm going to manifest like the love of my life, Let's say that that's what you want to manifest. If you actually exude the emotion of already having met your soulmate or the person that you want to fall in love with, if you're emitting that emotion, you're going to amplify everything in this world that is equal to that. And those two energies are going to begin magnetizing towards each other. Mm. So that's how manifestation works. The energy that you're emitting is so powerful and so important. So it's not just about your way of thinking. And I know um, a lot of people get into manifestation after watching The Secret, which The Secret is such an amazing work of art. It's such an amazing movie. But it talks pretty much solely about your way of thinking, which your way of thinking does affect your emotions. But the things that actually create your reality is your emotions. So you need to have a powerful emotion in order to manifest. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If anyone is doubt, you know, like doubting even just the, the, the language around energy, I would challenge you to just think back on moments in your life. If you've ever been at a sporting event where the crowd is super into something and there almost becomes an, another entity that's involved, like the power Mm -hmm. of these people cheering for something. And that's typically a positive experience. If you've ever witnessed or been a part of a like mob, like the the quote unquote mob mentality mm-hmm. where, I mean, political riots and things of that nature get quite hostile and people do things that are so out of body because of this, 
sort of accumulation of, of negative energy and, and, and God awful things happen. Or uh, even just reading headlines like I was talking about at the yeah. beginning of the episode is like if you're if you're reading and immersing yourself in the negativity of Twitter or social media or comparisonitis on Instagram, like you feel worse, like it brings you down. Yeah, and, and like going home and back to your community. And if you've come from a place that's, you know, pessimistic or, or negative, you can come off of a weekend from from going home a lot of times and being like, wow. That I feel just like in the in the dumps. Mm-hmm. It, it's so it's so negative. Um, so these these are completely real circumstances. I think the Bible verse is like where two or more are gathered. I think it's something I don't know the exact verse, but evidence being that that two people or more with synchronized you know energetic states can be uh, extremely powerful for better or for worse. Um, and even in my lifetime, as I've doubted these types of things, I've found that these environments specifically are so clearly showcasing the power of what these, you know, seemingly intangible energies can can actually contain. At what point does it turn toxic, if ever? Like, I have seen maybe denial of certain realities by strictly focusing on only things that are good or fixating on manifestation and there are i've witnessed in my life some who are in complete denial of maybe current circumstances if if, if you know what i'm saying yeah that's such that is a great question so um one of the ways that i've noticed it kind of gets toxic is um when you start to become aware of that your emotions create your reality then we tend to get really scared if we're ever feeling negative and we're, we try to avoid it. We try to deny it. Mm-hmm. But as we know, if we deny or suppress the negative emotions, they kind of fester and grow and become bigger. One of the things to know is that there's no hundred percent controlling every single emotion you have. And it's also important to know that both emotions, negative and positive serve an amazing, beautiful purpose. You don't need to avoid negative emotions. And just because you feel negative for an hour a day doesn't mean you're going to all of a sudden manifest the worst life yeah possible you know that's that's absolutely not true um your negative emotions play such an important role in the process of manifestation because your emotions tell you what's going on in the ethers it tells you what's going on subconsciously for you that you might not be aware of because a lot of our manifestation is subconscious as well we live 95 percent of our day subconsciously and only five percent consciously so there's a lot going on subconsciously that's why when negative emotions come up it's so important to look at them because negative emotions tell you when you are out of alignment with what you desire Mm. so if you have a negative emotion come up such as frustration okay why is that coming up we can actually look at that and be excited like, oh my gosh, there's an emotion coming up that's telling me if I'm like in alignment or out. We start to look at, okay, what did I just do that caused this frustration? And is this frustration attached to a belief? Is it attached to a fear? Is it attached to an outcome that I'm trying to force to happen? Because another thing to be aware of in manifestation is that we're not manifesting to, like, we don't control other people. Other people are also manifesting their own realities and we're manifesting ours. So if we're trying to manifest and let's say we're in a a relationship where we're like, I'm manifesting that this person is my soulmate. And let's say that they're like, yeah. I'm really not feeling this relationship. <laughs> not not yeah. So it's like, you're not going to control someone else. Yeah. Everyone has free will. So in the process of manifestation, there's certain rules. We can't necessarily 
you know, manifest for other people in, in a bigger picture. Um, so we can't force somebody to be our soulmate. We can't force somebody to all of a sudden want a different outcome in their life. Let's say we're trying to manifest for a child and we're like, you are going to want to be a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leave behind your dreams. <laughs> like we can't do that. Right. Um, so that's a huge thing to know. There's a lot in the spiritual community that says, oh, you can manifest anyone into your life. No, you technically can manifest somebody into your life, but you're not going to like the outcome of that necessarily if they Mm. weren't meant to be there. Mm. So you can manifest having more time with someone. You can try to force things going on, but it's not going to necessarily lead to that outcome. So look at, look at what's frustrating in your life right now and start to realize that that's actually a blessing that's trying to notch you over Mm -hmm. to where you're actually meant to go. Um, We could also use this example in career. So let's say you really, really want to work for a certain company and you're like that's the company i want to work for 100 percent want to be that and let's say you you're a writer and you want to work for that company so um let's say that you apply and you get rejected and you're like no i'm manifesting that it's going to happen i'm manifesting that's going to happen so you keep applying you keep applying you keep applying and the universe is like nope 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 and you're like manifestation isn't real it must not be happening sometimes manifestation works in kind of a more mysterious way so yes you may want to be a writer and that may be something that you know you can actually do you can do anything but that company the universe may actually be protecting you from an experience that you don't want because you may be thinking the emotion that you're putting out might be i'm gonna have the most amazing career you know that might be the emotion that you're emitting is like i'm gonna have the most amazing career there but the universe might be already foreseeing and, you know, feeling that vibration, that vibration might be out of alignment Mm -hmm. with that. So you keep getting these rejection notices and you're like, I don't understand why the universe is trying to notch you over to the place that actually matches the emotion that you're emitting. So you might notice rejection in certain areas and that rejection is so divine. Mm -hmm. So if you notice negativity coming up, if you notice, you know, bad things happening, or whatever, unideal outcomes. It's supposed to notch you over. It's an awareness to notch you over to the best outcome. Mm -hmm. You know, if a relationship falls out of your life, that might be divine from the universe Mm -hmm. to put you on a new path. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's how I, I look at, it didn't feel divine at the time, but that's sort of how I look at our split now is like our life would be wildly different now if if we hadn't gone through all of that and it was really challenging and it was really hurtful and awful at the time but now like looking at our life you know when people ask us how we're doing it's like we're living the dream yeah literally living my dream life and that wouldn't be the case in the same exact way had we not gone through the shit storm of divorce which felt really negative in the moment what yeah. were you going to say? Well, I was, I was known and I feel the same way completely. Um, I was going to propose a couple, uh, ways to, to manifest and maybe you can correct them or up level them because I've heard, uh, literally in my life, a particular project that I was working on, I was with some spiritual individuals who believed in the power of manifestation and they were like, all right, we need to envision and manifest a very specific number as to how much money we're going to make in this. And so it was like, let's just say it was a million dollars. I want everybody to focus on a million dollars, all the zeros, the dollar sign. And when we meditate, we're all going to focus on that. One, is that does that work? Is that effective? How could it be up-leveled? And I think the same could be said because I've heard this as well. Focus on your the weight that you want. Um, you know, lose 50 pounds. So that scale is going to say 120. Like it's going to look at 120 
focus on that scale? Uh, how would you up-level those types of manifestation recommendations that are kind of fixated upon a very specific outcome? Okay, so uh, to answer your first question, those do work. 100% they, they do work, especially if you have a collective, like focusing on, on an outcome that really does amplify it. Um, how you could up-level the million-dollar mark instead of, because that's actually you're limiting it now to a million dollars. Even though a million dollars might seem like a huge number, if you define a specific number, you may actually be limiting it because what if your potential that year could have been 3 million? Yeah. Like who knows, right? 1.5. Um, so you could up-level that by changing the wording to be, we're going to create more than 1 million. 1 million is our minimum. We're creating mm. more than that. Like let's create more. You also want to, anytime that you manifest something, let's say you're writing something down of what you want to manifest always single out each word and make sure that there's no negative words because your subconscious mm. mind reads into the negative words. So if you're saying, I want to get out of debt, mm. that's to your subconscious mind. You're automatically thinking of debt. Therefore, you're going to feel the emotion of debt because for example, yeah. if I tell you, don't think of a pink elephant, you're going to think <laughs> yeah. of a pink elephant yeah, yeah. automatically. So make sure there's no negative words. Make sure there's nothing that you've written down that you don't want to manifest because your subconscious mind we work 95% off of our subconscious. So make sure there's no negative words because your subconscious is just going to manifest the negative word instead of actually reading like, I don't want that, you know, yeah, or, yeah. right. So, um, yeah, back to your, your thing, you could up level that by not putting the exact number. You could say above 1 million, or you could say like our best year yet, but if you want it to be a million or more. I would say above a million. Okay. Yeah. So what about the process, uh, the, the second example of like a specific weight? What would you say around that? Mm. So sometimes specific weights aren't necessarily where we're going to feel our best. Mm -hmm. So my first recommendation would be just feeling the emotion. Like how do you want to feel about your weight? Do you want to feel at your absolute best? Maybe write down, I want to feel at my healthiest, at my most optimal. Because sometimes, you know, when we lose 50 pounds, we might not actually feel our best at that weight. Yeah. Maybe we're going to feel our best at a different weight. And we can't really define what that number is until we actually find what that is. So that would be maybe the first way I would improve that. Um, and again, when we limit ourselves to a specific number, sometimes we manifest exactly that number. And maybe that wasn't the greatest potential mm -hmm. for us. So be open to the greatest potential being maybe something slightly different. But if you want, you know, if you want to have the best figure of your life, if you want to feel your most optimal and most healthy and, and strength and strong, you could write something like, um, I am going to manifest being so happy with my body and feeling so healthy within it. That is a really yeah. beautiful manifestation. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Like so healthy, so good. My clothes feel so good. I'm having amazing sex and I'm feeling like beautiful in my body that the number doesn't even matter to me anymore. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, that, that's yeah. kind of what I was thinking too. Like around money, for instance, if you fixate on money, you know, you could be even pushing yourself into doing ungodly things to get it. Yeah. Right. Like I'm going to steal to get this money. <laughs> um, or if it's, um, yeah, if it's a, a specific number, a weight, you know, well, that might also mean you could starve yourself to get to that weight. Yeah, you might if have the outcome is the number on the scale. Yeah. And so I think I love that, like really kind of going up a stream and wondering, like, how am I going to actually, wh what am I ideally feeling here? 
because if it's if it's around money maybe it's abundance and freedom and you don't want to be doing napkin math at the grocery store to see if you can buy organic food or not you mm-hmm. would you want to feel stable and abundant enough to be able to freely uh pay for the things that that bring you life and happiness and so i like that going like upstream kind of beyond some of the we don't know what we potentially are going to feel like at a specific definition yeah and so i think yeah. we get, we have a habit of telling ourselves a story about as long as i get xyz fixed very specific then i will feel the following mm-hmm. instead of when i feel the following these are the things that'll be happening to me exactly and i love that you said that because when you define the emotion that you want to feel it makes sure that nothing bad happens to then create yeah. that so like you were saying about money like we don't know how we're going to make a million dollars. It could manifest in so many different ways. And also maybe we made a million dollars, but maybe our expenses that year were like $950,000. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're not really yeah. defining, but if we define the actual feeling yeah. behind whatever it is that we're manifesting, it automatically makes sure that the, those negative things couldn't happen mm-hmm. because the feeling wouldn't be generated then. So mm-hmm. focus on the feeling. Yeah. And it's like so much of going through that exercise, you'll probably realize that you actually don't care about the thing you're manifesting as much as you do the feeling. And so like money for me, it's freedom and Mm -hmm. it's, it's the ability to feel free to pursue the things that I want to pursue when I feel the feeling to want to pursue them. And so it's like, I want to buy the property or I want to take the vacation or I want to help the following person. Having money is a resource for a, for the freedom of expression in my life. And so maybe it's like, wow, I need to meditate more on, on what freedom means to me mm-hmm. and how my legacy and, and my, my purpose is actually contributing towards a more free life instead of a more rich life. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I'm so also glad that you brought that up because <laughs> that's also another key to manifesting is um, the emotions that you're desiring to feel is actually your key to manifesting it because... Um, I'll give this example just to make this like easier. Before I started my YouTube channel, I always had this thing where um, I would always feel like I wasn't taken seriously. I don't Mm. know why I like had this notion in my head when I was younger. Um, I always wanted to be taken seriously. I wanted people to think of me as smart. And I used to be like super blonde, like platinum blonde hair. And there was always this stigmatism, I guess, around that. Or at least I had this belief like nobody's going to take me seriously. Nobody's going to think I have anything important to say. And that was actually... The reason why I, you know, really wanted to create a YouTube channel was because I was like, oh my God, I feel like people would start to like take me seriously if I did that. I feel like people would take Mm. me seriously, but the, I would never start a YouTube channel until I started feeling like I took Mm. myself seriously until I embodied that emotion. Once I embodied that emotion, the action to then, you know, create a reality for myself where I felt that then those actions became clear. Mm-hmm. So you're not even going to realize the actions that you need to take until you begin to embody the emotion of what it is you're trying to manifest. Mm-hmm. If you want to manifest the most amazing love that you've ever felt and you want to manifest your soulmate, embody that emotion. Because once you embody that emotion and you go on dates, you're going to see who's yeah. equal to that emotion. You're yeah. all of a sudden going to feel like the energy and you're going to be like, no, that's not the one. And there's always, you know, we hear so many examples of people saying like, I felt like that person was the one like immediately, you know, that's because that's in alignment with what you're feeling. And you may be choosing people that are out of alignment with that because we haven't embodied the emotion of what we really want. But when you embody it, you can recognize it. And then you can also recognize the action that goes along with that. Totally. Like as we, you know, just using the example of love, as we love ourselves more, it 
that feeling is familiar to us when we go on a date with someone or when we are in a relationship with in a relationship with someone that can match it exactly like you're saying like but you have to do that for yourself first before you can even understand or um really uh be able to point to or pinpoint the feeling from another person otherwise it's just like unfamiliar uncharted territory you don't know what love actually feels like until you give it to yourself first. Yeah. Something we say all the time yeah. as an expression of how much we love each other is we say, you're me. Mm-hmm. And then we just say that to each other like, oh, you're me. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this myth in, in romantic partnership often was this you complete me idea. And the feeling of, of having somebody complete you, it feels amazing. But it's actually codependency and it's actually the feeling of knowing deep down that you have major gaps in your, your the relationship you have to self. Mm-hmm. And when somebody is, is coming in and actually kind of filling those gaps, it feels like completion. And so if, if you have, if you need to be validated in a particular way and somebody is validating you, let's just say it's on appearance, it can feel completing. And so this term of you complete me feels amazing, but it's it's mistaken for the one, the one that you can spend the rest of your life with and have a long-standing partnership with. And of course you can evolve and eventually kind of like complete yourself wholly individually and create a beautiful relationship out of that. But a lot of times those relationships fail because as people change, as people evolve, that gap will be exposed. That other individual will not be able to fill you up any longer. And so finding completeness within yourself and realizing that this individual that you want to partake in relationship with is also whole themselves you see yourself in them as a reflection of a whole human being and so this concept that you know we've we've practiced is like you don't complete me um it's not i can't live without you it's that i can i am complete i just really don't want to and i i see the love that i have for myself in you thus us creating this life together mm-hmm. is is abundance and um i think that's oftentimes like i don't know where i was going with that uh, <laughs> we were talking about relationships but it reminded me of that this idea this myth in relationships which is like somebody else can complete me i love that you said that like especially because whenever you are in a relationship with somebody because they fill that gap it always mm-hmm. it always becomes a toxic relationship yes. because like you said as they evolve and change those gaps get exposed and you're also so clinged on to that person so even like when you're trying to go through a breakup that's when you get those messy breakups where you know like i probably shouldn't be with this person there's a lot of toxic things going on but then you're so attached mm-hmm. it keeps yeah. like you know feeding that um but yeah, if you if you heal yourself, like you were saying, and you're a whole person and you find another whole person, you create a, such a beautiful relationship. And that's what creates that freedom as well in that relationship. And when you have that, those two free people who are just being themselves, mm-hmm. they really just amplify each other yeah. rather than yeah. fill the gaps. They just yep. amplify. Hey, friend, I have two questions for you. Do you eat animal protein? Do you want to help support the restoration of our Earth's soil? If you answered yes to both, then I invite you to look into Wild Pastures. This is Paleo Valley's sister company that offers a monthly subscription box that delivers affordable, pasture-raised, high-quality cuts of meat straight to your door. Wild Pastures animals are 100% pasture-raised by family farmers right here in the U.S. using rotational grazing practices that actually mimic nature. 
On pastures free from pesticides and herbicides, no synthetic fertilizers, hormones, or antibiotics are ever used. As a result, the animals are healthy and happy. So right now, for new customers who choose the Wild Pastures Plus subscription, you get 20% off for life. You get free shipping for life. You can choose your own order schedule every four weeks, six weeks, two months, or every three months. You get exclusive plus subscriber discounts, and there are no fees or hidden charges. As a Wild Pastures member, you receive the lowest prices possible on the highest quality cuts of meat delivered to your doorstep regularly. And if you don't want a membership, they also offer one-time deliveries. With Wild Pastures, you're not only supporting your family's health with the highest quality meat, you're also supporting our earth, our home. If we as consumers can create the demand for more regenerative farming practices, the industry will respond and we will be contributing to the health of future generations. To get 20% off for life and free shipping for life, just check the show notes for the direct link to get your first box all set up. Enjoy. It also takes, (laughs) it's a lot of pressure to feel like I complete you. You are dependent on me in this state, never changing, never messing up, never showing my flaws because what what happens then? Like it's it's sort of liberating when you release your partner from that expectation that they complete you. And it when you're whole in yourself, it's like they can like <laughs> breathe, you know? Yeah. Um I would love to taking this back all all these like beautiful concepts um that we can see apply in life let's let's distill them down into maybe uh, a simple practice that somebody could do on a daily basis so how does that look for you or how do you recommend people go about this in a in a on a daily basis for themselves in in whatever they want to manifest so there's, there's multiple different methods to doing this. Um, one of my favorite ways, just because it's so such a deep practice, is through the practice of meditation. I love to meditate in the morning and focus on embodying the emotion that I'm trying to create in my life. Embody the emotion that I'm trying to, um, that matches what I'm trying to manifest. Once you embody that, it starts to break down your belief systems for you. And that mm. frequency is going to create experiences for you that are equal to that. And you're going to start drawing in all those like amazing experiences that match that emotion. Um, so that's a really easy practice. And I know, you know, when you first start meditating, it may be quite difficult. And that's when I would suggest like guided meditations. There's tons of guided meditations on YouTube. I also particularly have one. Um, it's about shifting your reality and it takes you through a process of Mm. embodying the emotion of what you really want in your life. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes, you guys. So if you're looking for it or description box on YouTube, check the show notes. <laughs> yes. Um, so that meditation is so powerful. And, and if you don't believe that meditation is powerful, read the comments below that meditation. You'll see like how many people are cool. like, wow. Um, so meditation is an amazing practice and guided meditations really work, especially if your mind gets distracted easy, or if you're not, if you're new to meditating, um, that's a great practice. Affirmations. I used to not think that they were that powerful. I used to think like, oh, affirming to myself, like I am beautiful. I am great. I am successful. I was like, that's so like empty. But the more that you get into to affirmations, the more that you repeat them, it's going to become something that starts to wire into your mind. And it's a great way to 
sort of shift your way of thinking into mm-hmm. something that's more positive. So it's actually an incredibly powerful practice, although it could seem sort of fluffy on the surface. Um, but yeah, that, that one's also extremely powerful. Yeah. I, I can yeah. like, there's actual data that supports men who in, in the mirror, like, especially if they're working out who pound their chest and actually pump their fists above their head, that it increases testosterone. And it's a very primal thing, but it's like actually going through the motions, even if you're not totally sold on it, mm-hmm. by, by doing that can have a physiological impact. Mm-hmm. Yes, and your physiology, exactly. Like how you were saying, like pumping your fists, if you actually like move your body into mm-hmm. a new position that reflects what you want to feel, it's going to affect your emotions and your way of thinking because your way of thinking affects your physiology, but it's also a two-way street where your physiology affects your way mm-hmm. of thinking. Yeah. So if I'm sitting like down like this and I'm just like, oh, you know, like I'm going to manifest the thoughts of like worry or negative emotions or things that are associated with that posture. But if I change my posture and let's like use your example too, like when you start pumping your fists and all that, it actually releases the hormone of testosterone. Yeah. You can change so much of like your internal state and your physical body by just changing your posture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to like use embodiment. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, journaling? Do you ever use journaling practices? Yeah. So I also, I do also do journaling, especially to kind of figure out if I'm feeling like a negative emotion, it's a great way to like break it down and start to reflect on it and see where it's stemming from to work through it that way. I also journal as in like kind of like scripting. If you've ever, like you guys have probably heard of scripting. It's basically when you make sort of like a diary entry as if you've already were living Mm, your dream life and you script about it. I love doing that type of journaling. I also do journal prompts where I I ask myself like a series of questions that'll help me reflect on my well-being and sort of see the areas that I need to maybe work on in my life. So that's, yeah, yeah journaling is great if you have like journaling prompts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love the the practice of, of journaling. Um, I find that sometimes like my hand starts writing things that I didn't consciously think. Like it starts a flow of words or or concepts or thoughts or beliefs like you like you were saying like kind of working through the negative belief like what what am I actually working with here it sort of gives you a map of what is on the inside but maybe you haven't thought consciously like in sentences in your head so when you give yourself the space to just let no judgment just like let it flow on the paper not only are you working through some of those, I would say, tangles in your mind, it also now, whatever you're putting on the paper has weight in the world. So I think something that helps me uh, is to write down exactly what I'm manifesting or how I want to feel because then it's not just up here anymore, which again is obviously super powerful, but now these words have weight in the world somewhere. And I think that that it could be my own thought, but that's how I like to think about it is that it's even more so just amplifying the energy surrounding that emotion or behavior or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly. And that's, um, that's one of the reasons why like doing like a vision board or something like that or journaling is so powerful because it does amplify manifestation. It helps your subconscious begin to recognize something in the physical world as well. Mm -hmm. So another great way, like I do make a vision board once a year and everything on that vision board comes true by the end of the year. Sometimes it happens so fast though, that I need to make like a new one, like <laughs> yeah. a couple months later. Cause I'm like, wow, that really like came true fast. I've had that happen to me a couple times. Um, 
but yeah, vision boards are super powerful. I also really like to manifest with water. That's something that, um, mm. I've talked about a little bit mm-hmm. and like you guys, are you familiar with Dr. Emoto? Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. So, so, but for our listeners who yeah. aren't, yeah, maybe yeah. listen. Um, so Dr. Emoto did this water experiment where he would put words on different jars of water and all this water was taken from the exact same source. It was the same molecularly and structure wise. Um, and so he would put words on the, on these waters and he also had waters that he would speak different words into, and then he would freeze it and then see the sort of structure that that ice would make. You know, sometimes it makes snowflakes, sometimes it makes other patterns, but the words that were negative, all of a sudden took on this structure that was just didn't have much form or shape. Mm-hmm. It kind of just looked like kind of oblong. Yeah. Like oblong, yeah. just kind of weird. You know, look at, you look at it and you're like, okay, like, <laughs> all right. But then you look at these other words like love or beauty or grace or thankfulness. Um, those words had the most beautiful geometric structures, the most beautiful snowflakes. So water takes on the energy or the vibration of whatever you put into it. So I also, have this practice that I'll do on a new moon. So like once a month, I just like now, isn't it? Yeah. We just had a new moon like a couple days ago. Um, but we have a new moon once a month. I don't manifest every single month with this method. I kind of do it. I would say like every six months that is what I do, but you have the opportunity to do it every month. It's more powerful in the new moon, although you can do it at any time if you don't follow the moon cycles, but it is more powerful in the new moon because the new moon gives the energy of a new beginning. And basically you hold water and you speak into it what you desire, but you speak it with present tense. So you Mm. say like, I just had the most successful year in my business. I am thriving. I am abundant. I found my soulmate and he is the most amazing person on the planet. He loves to travel. He's successful as well. We go off on these vacations together. Like Whatever you are trying to manifest, you speak it into the water, but you speak it so many times you repeat it until you feel the emotion come Mm. up in you Mm. so powerfully and so strongly. So it's important to kind of like maybe write it down first and then you continue to speak it into the water until you feel that click, you feel that burst, Mm. you feel like you're overwhelmed with that emotion because that's when you know that you are emitting that vibration Mm. and that vibration is going to affect the water. And then I took take a sip out of it like every day until the water is done because it reminds my body to become that new vibration. So you don't just gulp it down? I gulp a, a few sips down, probably the most sips down the first, that first time, maybe like one to four sips. And then, um, I keep the water and then I take a sip of it every day until it's gone. Mm, yeah. I love that. That's rad. We definitely, yeah. I wish we're I would have do done that. that as an athlete. I'm signing you up. We're doing it. I would have told, <laughs> I would have told the, uh, the water boy to be like, Hey, put some freaking yeah. power in that water. Put some intention <laughs> in that water. That's really, really cool. I love I that. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's so cool. We, I, I, I've, um, we need to get, I've seen your like blue bottles that mm-hmm. you use. Is that what you use those for? The, the water manifestation. I thought you had like blue bottles or something. Like, I have, I have clear ones. Maybe it's clear. Yeah. I've seen the blue ones. bottles though. The, the, have you seen like the blue glass bottles that, yeah. Anyways, they're, they're supposed to be for the practice of like imprinting the water. I don't know what the blue has to do with it, but, um, yeah, I love that practice. Yeah. I mean, I, we we got to get a we got to get a manifestation jar. Yeah, different colors of jars. The the colors have different frequencies too. So, like if you're manifesting money, you could use like a green jar, mm. you know, white is like all all or clear, I should say, is like all encompassing because okay. there's no real energy attached to it. So that one's like all encompassing. If you want like protection, a black one or like yeah, mm-hmm. love would be like red or pink. Cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
on the note of of water and you know what you're putting into your body and and you know how you take care of your body what are your thoughts and perspectives around your physical well-being both from a, a movement and exercise perspective as well as diet um and uh you know what you eat and drink in relationship to a spiritual life or in relationship to uh, your capacity for manifesting the life that you like. Okay. So this actually, this might be a slightly unpopular opinion actually. Um, but it actually plays such a huge role, yeah. your health and well-being. your kind of like energy flow through your body is really affected by what you eat, how well your blood is flowing through your body. If you have certain blockages, your, your energy is not fully going you know how it should be exercise is so powerful to get energy into motion and actually like growing up my mom always used to tell me like if I was sitting on the couch and I was like trying to contact a friend to be like I want to hang out with a friend today but I was just sitting on the couch and I'm like nobody's answering the phone right now this sucks my mom would always be like go outside be active and do something and I swear you're gonna get that call back from Mm. your friends they're just gonna call you back because it puts energy into motion and when your energy is in motion everything that you're trying to manifest actually comes in faster because mm. you're, you're moving that energy and it amplifies it. Um, so you getting into motion plays a huge role in manifesting. Also detoxing things from your body because um, have you have you ever heard of like, you know, going for those certain massages where there's, there's those therapeutic masseuses who push on the pressure points and you release trauma? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So trauma is sto- stored in the body. If you want to release old trauma as well, it can be really beneficial to do exercise because you ring it through the body. Yoga is a super powerful way of... Um, getting to know your soul, your mind and work it through the body to be able to release old things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it plays a huge role. Your food plays a huge role as well, because as we know, your food is either going to keep you healthy or unhealthy. So I think food is a huge role and the food that you eat has particular vibration as well. So you could actually eat food to like heal different chakras and you can know it just by knowing the chakra colors and the food that you're eating. It doesn't always correlate, but most of the time it does. So like purple cabbage crown chakra Mm. beets root chakra because of the red um so you could actually eat to heal different parts of the body um there's also different foods that are known to detox different organs in the body Mm. which also really helps because again your chi flow your energy flow in your body plays a huge role in manifesting and i'm not saying that you cannot manifest if you're unhealthy i really want to make that actually really clear if you're currently going through any health issues or you know, mental struggles or anything like that, it does not hinder your ability to manifest. You can still manifest out of that because once you create a powerful emotion, it can create the energy and motion where you can begin to take action or get ideas Mm -hmm. to overcome those obstacles, to overcome those issues. So of course you're going to be more in alignment with a healthier vessel, but it does not mean that you cannot create healthy alignment and manifest all of your wildest mm-hmm. dreams, even if you're currently struggling. You still can, and you can still do it in very powerful ways. Yeah. 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 I think of it, we've talked about this before on different podcasts, but we kind of think of it like an antenna mm-hmm. where if you're, if it's a little fuzzy, maybe you're a little unhealthy, or maybe you are wanting to um, shift your health or manifest your your uh, the epitome, your optimal health, whatever that looks like for you. But it's a little fuzzy right now. Like your antenna is going to be a little fuzzy. It doesn't mean that you can't understand the song when you're tuning into the radio. But when you get your vessel clean and optimal and healthy fully, like mind, body, spirit, then it's almost like that song comes in clear. Like it's it's maybe tuned up a little bit and the antenna is a little more shiny and open and 
can reach further maybe that's a perfect example of explaining exactly that yeah yeah well okay so you brought up one um unpopular opinion mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to know we've it's been too positive it's been too light and fluffy not not that it's uh not amazing content but i want to just give you the space if there are any unpopular opinions that you maintain that you would like to share with us and our and our listeners you can go anywhere you want um yeah floor is yours okay I think I don't think often enough about my unpopular opinions that it's hard for me to kind of like reach for them. One of them that I guess I'll go into is um, we have free will constantly. And um, if you are given like a fortune in like a tarot reading or if you have certain astrology, let's use astrology, for example, because that one is like it's a perfect example. Your natal chart will have certain positions which will kind of show your personality and what you might be, you know, really prone to attracting into your life. And you can also look at predictive astrology with your natal chart and see like, oh, at this point, you're going to go through this huge struggle. At this point, you're going to go through this. Um, You are actually in control of this. Your astrology, your natal chart is a blueprint of your autopilot unconscious mind. Mm. You can use your conscious mind to go, let's say you look at your astrology and you're like, oh my God, the next three months are about to be like the craziest time. I have like Pluto all of a sudden like opposing my Venus or something like this is going to be crazy. (laughs) So you can actually go, if you consciously go through that, it's like sitting in the driver's seat of your car, which is normally on autopilot. And maybe you have this huge obstacle right in front of you that you're about to crash into. But with the awareness of that, you can look at that. You could grab the steering wheel and be like, okay, I see this obstacle. I'm going to learn this, be aware of this obstacle and steer around it because you can't really necessarily fully like avoid certain things that your soul came here to learn. You're still going to learn it, but you can choose how you learn it. You can choose to ram right into it, unconsciously go through it, let it control your life, let it completely crumble your life, or you can choose to consciously go through certain things. So astrology can be a tool. You are not fated for particular destinies you can actually go through a a pluto opposed venus time you could go through that with ease with the awareness of it because you might be like oh pluto is about to affect my relationship areas what relationships in my life are not quite in alignment what is pluto going to try to teach me right here what what relationships in my life have maybe been areas that i need to focus on with that awareness you can look at that and be like all right let's start working on my relationships what do i need to learn Mm -hmm. in this time and then go through that and you're going to notice like that was easy. Like that was totally fine. That Mm -hmm. did not harm my life, like in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just something that you can, you can um, have the awareness on and, you know, you can really actually create any reality. You're not um, dictated by these sort of fates. Astrology is a beautiful way of looking at what your soul came here to learn, but you are absolutely in the driver's seat of that. Like I've, I've had certain people that I've given readings for, for example, back when I used to give personal readings, I'd have people that would have really negative placements in their love life, for example. And they would be like, love has been awful for me. And I, I would love to have like the most beautiful relationship. But every astrologer I go to tells me that I'm never going to find that because my soul only came here to learn harsh lessons, mm. harsh lessons. And I'm like, no, oh my God, <laughs> like that you, you can create anything that you want. You are not bound by this this thing was what your soul here came here to learn but if you learn those things 
and you desire to manifest your soulmate, your astrology is not going to stop you from doing yeah. that. Yeah. It will never stop you from doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. Exp- that, uh, the phrase that you use, the term, the autopilot blueprint of your unconscious. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect way to put it because like Chase has talked about this before where you were kind of resistant to the concept because you don't want to be put in a box or have someone else tell you like, this is how you are. This is who you are. And, and this is what you're confined to. Yeah. I have a core belief that we can all change and mm-hmm. it's just happened in my life too many times through hard work, effort, and a little bit of luck every now and then. Um, but it's a core belief and, and, you know, I'm an introvert, brutally shy young boy who now is very social can be extroverted in certain lanes, loves people, loves connection. And even though all of my archetypical wheels and charts would suggest otherwise, I thrive in those environments now. And so I've always been, as much as I love astrology, love it. Um, I've always been like, yeah, but you know, that's just one data point. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It, it, and that's a great way to look at it. it. It can be used as a tool. And I think it should only ever be used as a tool rather than something to tell you, oh, you're fated for this, give up on your dreams because that's not in your astrology. Mm -hmm. No, like you can really create anything. That's just your subconscious blueprint. And the reason why we have that, um, what I believe is that our soul came here to learn certain things. I feel like we did choose to come here and we chose what we want to learn and go through. And in order to make sure that that happens, of course, we're going to need certain subconscious programs. Mm-hmm. Your astrology is the perfect blueprint of your subconscious programs to make sure that you as a soul go through everything that you intended to come here for. So you never need to worry about, am I out of alignment? Am I on the right path? Am I off the right path? No, like you are always in alignment. Yeah. Your um, subconscious is always keeping you on that right path, but your free will is that conscious mind. You can choose to learn these lessons and implement them shift them and then create any reality that you want yeah, mm. yeah. oh i love that yeah, yeah if you're if you're be- for that most of the time if you're being told you're out of alignment and then the next the next uh solution is here's a course and then the, the next solution is like you're, you're just in a sales funnel you're typically in a sales funnel the people who are who are uh doing it the right way are, are typically um, you know, not driving some sort of product at the end of the day. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but that's kind of the world we live in is you're, you're pushed into thinking something's not right and that you're going to have to reach outside of yourself for the solution or work with, you know, somebody external to yourself to, to find the solution. I'm not saying there are amazing products and amazing, um, mentors and companions in this life to, you know, navigate your way through a lot of these challenges. Um, but I am an absolute believer in, in the, mm-hmm. you know, the capacity to push through these things, uh, we, we actually maintain ourselves. Yes. Absolutely. And we're not going to get anything out of a course if we don't actually shift ourselves. Like you yeah. could go on a course for like breaking habits. You know, you could go to like a Tony Robbins course yeah. to break a habit and then just wait for him to do it for you. But you're actually not going to break that habit until mm-hmm. you just take whatever he's teaching you and apply it to your life. Yeah. 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 So you really have to be, and you always are the creator of your reality. Yeah. yeah. And definitely mentors can help you with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mentors hugely can help you with that. I've had like mentors in my life who've excelled my learning process so much. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean- there are definitely some courses out there that are just like, let's funnel you into. Yeah. <laughs> and I've, I mean, I've had courses that have absolutely changed yeah. my life um, and mentors that have done the same. But then there's also, you know, charlatans and, and, uh, yeah. and, and that's kind of my, you know, question that I had for you today was um, in this world that we live in, 
Um, there, there are teachers, mentors, coaches everywhere. Um, and you are someone who has significant influence and, uh, how do you view your role as someone who, who has a platform, um, who is influencing people and, and, you know, we've been able to see it in a, in a tremendously positive way. Um, but what is the responsibility like for you to wear that hat of teacher mentor, uh, to the people that follow you? Um, I always kind of like, I have imposter syndrome and <laughs> I think you're mentioning like that was something that, I mean, I feel like everyone goes oh, yeah. through a moment yeah. of like oh, yeah. having imposter syndrome. Yep. I always have that. And so I kind of define myself as a forever student who just shares like what I learn yeah. along the way, <laughs> you know, I'm a forever student, but I share what I learn along the way. Um, and so I see myself that way. So I feel like, you know, everyone's responsible for their own life. And I, I love like having a platform where I can share what I learn because I love learning and I also love to share it because I know how much it's impact my life. Therefore, I'm so excited to like mm-hmm. have it possibly impact somebody else's in the same way. Um, and I, I love having that platform to do that. It, I find it such an honor. But one thing that I, I think is important to make clear is that anyone that you follow, any mentor that you have is also just a student. Mm. Like, you know, there is the teacher archetype where we're sharing our information and everyone is the teacher student archetype really at all times. We're always learning and, and we're always teaching what we know, whether that just be to a friend of ours or a family mm-hmm. member or just anyone. So our kids, yeah, our kids. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I just see myself in that light and I don't see myself as somebody who has all the answers. Like, I don't think anybody will ever have all the answers to everything. But, yeah, I just I, yeah. I, I enjoy sharing yeah. what I learn along the way. Yeah. I feel yeah. the the guide archetype strongly in you, which I have it as well. It's it's kind of different than the teacher archetype because the teacher is like at the front of the classroom pointing to the 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 board or in, in some you know type of classroom scenario kind of showing um but the guide is different you're still teaching but it's it's through your own experience it's paving the way a little bit going through the thing learning the thing or taking the course or learning astrology or tarot and then kind of looking back at who might be behind you and say like, Hey guys, I made this path. Um, if you want to follow me and like do what I did, like, great, this is what worked for me. And, um, I have that really strongly in me as well to the point where it feels uncomfortable to not share the thing that helped me. And so it, it feels like I'm cutting myself off and Chase is laughing here because there's moments where we'll be in conversation with someone at a workshop or on a podcast or just a, a stranger in the grocery store where they'll, they'll start talking and I'm like mm, biting my tongue because I want to share this thing so badly. And nine times out of 10, I do share. <laughs> and Chase has to be patient with me in that moment because he's like, all right, her guide archetype is going to step up here. She's not, she can't not share. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and but it like it fills my soul. It, it's so fulfilling to me. And I have it in my um highest potential house. I have it in the is that the tenth house? Yeah, the guide archetype in my tenth house. So I know it's really strong for me. And I just I just pick up on that for well, you as well. Well it's also helped me and, and Mark as well. Because like we've like <laughs> changed our entire regime with like our 
dental care <laughs> because of you <laughs> but in the most amazing way like I've been loving the outcomes that I'm getting so anytime that you've like had that moment to share like especially because I've experienced yeah. those moments of sharing I've learned so much from that and it's uh. like dramatically changed my life yeah. for the better as well <laughs> I kind of forgot that you guys have been the beneficiary of that guide archetype um you know at dinner like deep just sharing anima, uh, yeah oh my god yeah. the amount of uh time that we've spent with Mark and Liana talking about coffee enemas and poop and how <laughs> healthy is your poop <laughs> is uh is pretty wild but um somehow you guys are still friends with us yep. so yep here we are <laughs> yeah it is the mummy tummy that binds us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The mummy tummy of Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think a, a beautiful, magical way to close the, the episode before we ask you our last question. Um, there are so many external factors and global pressures or crises, whatever you want to call it, that kind of trigger a lot of anxiety, depression, uncertainty for people, especially around um, being able to take action in creating the life that they want because there are external factors that might be out of our control, whether it be government or community or whatever it is. Um, if you could give maybe a nugget of wisdom for someone who might be feeling that a little bit, um, a nugget of wisdom in the way of creating more, you know, we use the word magic a lot at the beginning of the episode um, in an intentional way, like extracting the, the beauty and the magic out of every day when there's so much externally that's out of our control. What tip or nugget of wisdom could you give people? Um, quite a few. One of them is realizing that everything is always in divine alignment, everything on this planet even the negative things, which it can be really actually hard pill to swallow, but truly there's divine alignment within everything. As we know, like the bacteria in our body, there is bad bacteria and good bacteria. But if one of those gets out of balance, even if there's an overgrowth of good bacteria, that's also a problem as well. So our whole universe is always in a balance. If you want to create more magic in your life, it's realizing that the things that are external from you don't actually have power over you. You are the creator of your own destiny, your own reality. And if there's a will, there's a way. Even if you don't conceive or perceive of a way right now to create that magic, if you just withhold that vision and you say, I'm dedicated to this and I'm going to do this, if there is a will, there is a way. And that statement is so true and it's rung mm -hmm. so true in my life in, in states where I've been and where I've thought like, wow, this is like the crashing, burning ending. And it's so interesting because the crashing, burning ending that you have in, in certain moments of your life, if you look at that, that was actually the doorway and the initiation of some of the greatest, mm, yeah. highest points of your life. If you look at any crashing and burning, it's always led to something amazing. So if you're going through a harder time or if you're feeling like external forces are kind of pretty heavy, realize that there is divine light at the end of that tunnel and that if there is a will, there is a way to create whatever you desire. Um, yeah. Another thing that I want to share just on that concept, just to kind of explain the idea behind that everything is in divine alignment. Um, we came here as a consciousness to experience the world, experience reality. And a huge question that seems to ring through a lot of minds when you get into this concept is, is the question of why is there bad things that happen then? Mm. Why is there these crazy war and all the awful things that can happen in this, in this world? When we as human consciousnesses create theater or create games or movies, 
we always pick things that create challenges or big other things because our consciousness came here to experience. We need the spectrum of experience in order to feel anything, right? Mm -hmm. So we need the negative to feel the positive. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was a kid, I used to not understand this concept. And I used to look at, you know, movies that were really sad or paintings that are really sad. And I used to look at that and not understand, like, why would somebody spend all the time to make that? Mm -hmm. Why? It doesn't make sense. As an adult, though, I look at those things and I'm like, that is the most beautiful thing ever. Like if you see a painting of like, I don't know, someone being sad over a war that's happened. The reason why it's beautiful is because you realize the emotion that's behind that. The emotion is beautiful. The The fact that we can feel something so intensely and start to realize like, this is making me realize what love is. This is making me realize the people that I love and how much I actually mm-hmm. care for them. Yeah. You know, so it can evoke different things within us. I think our consciousness came here to, to experience all of life. Mm -hmm. And even though it may be very hard and very sad at times, um, I think it develops us in a beautiful way. It develops us consciously in a beautiful way. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't just want a movie that's just full of suns, sun and roses, (laughs) you know, because it it wouldn't create the contrast. Um, so even if you do go through something that's hard, realize that energy and matter can never be created or destroyed. So even if we've lost a loved one, Energy and matter can never be created or destroyed. That person is still there. They will reincarnate at some point. I'm a personal believer in reincarnation. Um, and, you know, they're they're still there. They haven't left. Um, so when it comes to these darker points of our life, realize that everything is just an experience and realize the beauty behind that. If there's a hard time that you're looking at or seeing, realize it's because you have such a capacity to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. realize because you have such a capacity to want greater Mm-hmm. and go create that yeah, yeah. i love that yeah oh, that's beautiful beautifully put, beautifully put. Yeah. and it piggybacking on that last part of when we experience negative things most of the time the actual negative experience is just a negative feeling right we're probably not in dire life or death situations every day I think a lot of the negative that we experience is actually just a negative feeling, not someone's coming at me with a knife or something like that. And so when we can kind of put it in that context of like, is the thing that I'm worried about or trying to run from or don't want to experience, that's just a vibration in my body. It's not actually going to harm me. And, um, I think that it, uh, that reframe can really help. Even I, I'm telling myself this because, you know, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety yesterday, but anxiety is still just a feeling running through the body. I'm not actually in harm. Yeah. And <laughs> the emotion of something can also be harder to experience than the actual thing. Like if you've ever had a needle before, let's use that example. The emotion leading up to a needle, you're like, yeah. oh my yeah. God, oh yeah. my God. But then it actually goes in, you're like, okay. Yeah. All right. You know, like it's, you realize it's actually not that bad. Um, and you know, if you've ever gone through a breakup before, we know that the emotions surrounding the idea of the breakup was much harder than the physicality of it. So our emotions are actually, you know, where we experience the most suffering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. I know we could keep going with you for like another four (laughs) hours. Uh, um, but I am just so grateful to you for, for sharing your magic and your wisdom and just how you see the world. Honestly, like one of the questions that Paul check has posed in many different workshops and I've thought about in my own life is 
if everyone in the world was doing what I'm doing, would the world be a better place? And when I reflect on what you're doing, yes, the world would absolutely be a much more beautiful, magical, amazing place if everyone was able to incorporate and embody the tools and the insights and the wisdom that you shared with us today. And um, yeah, I'm just super, super grateful for what you're doing and that we just, we get to call you a friend. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I am like so grateful to call you both friends because I've seriously, I've learned so much from both of you (laughs) and like have, I've had the most fun experiences and the most fun conversations. Mm. Just so thankful for both of you. The wisdom that both of you have like brought to my life as well Mm. has been immensely appreciated. My Leo heart is exploding. (laughs) (laughs) Many more adventures to come. Okay. The last, very last question. You want to take over? Yes. (laughs) Last question we ask every guest on the medicine podcast is, and, and this whole show is really about like, how are we redefining the term medicine? What are, what are we doing in life to, uh, look under the stones and, and, peek through the cracks and find the real medicines that bring us life and love and, and relationship and abundance. So uh, our question for you is what for you currently in your life feels like medicine? Sound has been my Mm. medicine lately. Mm. I've been collecting different like sound healing instruments because frequency, you know, everything's just frequency at the end of the day, like we've been talking about. And um, sound can reset your body and it can also help you reduce like certain uh, cortisol, you know, stress hormones in your body, or it can also balance different organs in your body, depending on the resonance that you're working with Mm. and the frequency that you're working with. So I've been working with a lot of sound lately Mm. as my medicine. Music is also very healing. Like we can listen to a song and experience like beautiful emotion, which I'd actually highly recommend listening to songs that evoke the emotion that you desire to feel Mm because it'll help you kind of like put you in that space. Um, But of course, all songs have their purpose and their, their time and place. But yeah, sound has been incredibly healing for me lately. And I've been loving like diving deeper into it in a more kind of like esoteric way. Mm, cool. Yeah. yeah. We'll connect you with our friend Ian Morris. We oh, just did yeah. A, we just did a sound Oh my gosh. You're going to love that interview. episode. Yeah. 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 You'll love him. We'll, we'll talk to you about it once, he, <laughs> once we get off here. Otherwise, we'll be here for another hour. Um, thank you so much. Where can people find you if they want to follow you? Of course, they can check the show notes. But where's the best place for people to get more of the Gem Goddess? Uh, YouTube and Instagram. My YouTube is the Gem Goddess. My Instagram is the Goddess Gem. And one thing I want to say is definitely like beware of scam profiles. Oh, there's yeah. a, if you yeah. if you follow me, you may get a message from. Um, there's been so many scammers lately in the spiritual community that make fake pro- profiles mm. and try to sell you readings and stuff. I don't ever DM you to sell readings. So yeah. if you hear if you get that, like that's not me. Yeah, <laughs> I would never. Yeah, yeah. But that's where you can find me. Cool. Yeah. When in doubt, just check the show notes, and we'll have the link. Uh, for you right there Um, thank you so much for being here it was an absolute pleasure thank you both so much all right you guys thanks for hanging with us go spread some light we'll talk to you next time okay bye hey friend thanks for listening did you hear anything today that expanded your mind made you laugh touched your soul or caused you to think differently about this topic i hope so I invite you to share this episode with someone you love. It takes 30 seconds and has the potential for a great ripple effect. Our world needs more people having real, honest, and open-minded dialogue on big topics. And you never know, you may just change their entire day. We love you and appreciate you being here with us. Cheers.